This is Rabbi Patrick. This is Dan. And this is the Rabbi Patrick Podcast, episode 26, Jews and Sports. It's been a while since the last episode of the very egotistically titled Rabbi Patrick podcast, considering that, you know, I'm not the only one on it. But we are missing Caitlin tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was only supposed to be a one-time guest. I didn't mean that as a diss, but doesn't, doesn't feel the same without her. No, it really doesn't. And, and actually, we're technically a week behind, even though we don't have a production schedule to speak of. Um, but we're still behind. We're still technically a week behind because you had car trouble. I did. Did you? Boy, I didn't ask you. Did you ever resolve your car issue? Um, you know, I called Click and Clack the Tappert Brothers. Nice. And uh, the ghost of one of them helped me. Oh. Um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> what? That's what I don't like about car talk. They don't tell you that they're reruns. You have to know. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, yes, I did. I've been taken to the shop, and uh, the brakes were shot, basically. Yeah. Um, it was actually funny talking with you about that because there was the moment where you called us both out on being guys who didn't know enough about cars to have a conversation about what yeah. was going on with our cars. Right. And it was, it was a moment of, uh, of male bonding, yeah, I think, and admitting your defeat in yeah. a certain kind of way. One of my specialties. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of manliness, so this is Jews and sports. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk about Greeks and we're going to talk about MMA. I'm a, I'm a fan of women's sports as well. Yeah, we so. should. We shouldn't microaggress. Shouldn't. That was not, that was not fair. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Microaggressing on the Rabbi Patrick podcast. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. And, um, but we've got, uh, we've got a couple of things here. We've got uh, some questions and a new segment. So do we want to start with questions? Is that, uh. Yeah, this is you know we, we aimed we aim to please to a certain extent and limited extent, but to a certain extent, and we do appreciate any any listener feedback that we get, and so that is uh, we received two questions via email, um, or was one from Twitter? Was one for, for no? They were both both, both via yeah. email. Yeah, and so um, Patrick's gonna gonna uh, take a shot at them now. Yeah, let's let's see how I can do here. Uh, so the first one is actually the the question when I answered uh, I, I answered this question and said it will be on the podcast and then it was followed up with you didn't podcast fast enough about my answer although it was said a lot more politely than that so hello Rabbi Patrick enjoyed your podcast for some time that's great uh, listen to your most recent podcast uh, about encouraging conversion so yeah check out that episode because that was a fun one to do uh, you mentioned conversion as being a concept that began in the Hasmonean dynasty. I don't understand that uh, because a number of passages in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Bible, seem to talk about conversion. For instance, Isaiah 56 has a great passage dealing with conversion uh, that's kind of like JFK's ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Isaiah says, let not the foreigner say who has attached himself to the Lord, the Lord will keep me apart from his people. And it goes on to say, as for the foreigners who attack themselves to the Lord, I will bring them to my sacred mount and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. I think actually that was supposed to say attach, not attack, but I may have read that wrong. Uh, similarly, the Torah talks about a mixed multitude. Um, 
and uh, the Egyptians uh, being part of the Jewish people. And of course, there's the Book of Ruth uh, as being an ancestor of David. So basically, uh, Alex is asking, what did you mean by saying that conversion began with the Hashmonoyim, with the Hasmonean period? And also, have I heard of the National Center to Encourage Judaism? So answering the question backwards, yes, I have heard of the National Center to Encourage Judaism, and I appreciate them. They Bingo. Are, they are nice people. Yeah. Um, and they have a Virginia connection, which I found out oh. coincidentally. So uh, so what did I mean in saying the idea of conversion began with the Hasmoneans? So it's semantics. So if by conversion you mean a person who was once not Jewish, taking on the identity of Jewish as much as and being socially accepted as having always been Jewish, that's what a conversion to a religion is, that didn't exist yet. There was a proto-version of conversion, and you were either called Gerzedek or Gertoshav. And uh, so Gerzedek is a later idea, and it's, that's really kind of where conversion comes from. But the Gertoshav, which is the more common idea, is literally the resonant alien. So, you know, here in the question, you're talking about the foreigner. Sometimes it's translated as the sojourner. So this is a person who um, they are sort of, sort of like naturalized. So they come, they come into a community. The laws apply to them just as much as anyone else. Um, but they are not Jewish because there was no concept. There's not even a concept of Judaism at that point prior to the Hasmoneans. The idea of a religion and an ethnicity was one and the same. So you didn't really have this idea until that time. Um, and I would argue the reason why you didn't have that time, why you didn't have that idea, is that it took Greeks and Romans and other people who taught, unfortunately, in, in the wrong way, that a culture could come from the outside and you could be of a foreign country but be part of that culture it took a bad way of, of, of thinking about that for a good thing to come out of it, which was the ability to convert to Judaism. So totally semantics. I am not saying that, you know, Ruth wasn't a Jew. I'm not saying that Isaiah 56 is wrong on some capacity or anything like that, but it's just a matter of semantics. And I think it's important that we point that out, that literally the religion evolved over time. Um, because if it's all static, if it, if if conversion existed back then and it's never changed, it just gives fuel to fundamentalism. Hmm. So that's my thought. Interesting. Yeah. Can you just explain that last part? I don't quite get that last thing you just said. If it's static, it fuels fire to fundamentalism. I, well, because fundamentalism has lots of components. So one part is, uh, you know, my God always pats me on the back, right? So, like, I'm always right. My values are always right. Oh, the religion never pushes back against me. And I actually gave a sermon on this um, last Shabbat where I said it's possible to be a liberal fundamentalist. It's possible if you always think that you're in the right mm -hmm. and that everyone else is in the wrong, you're a fundamentalist, even if you're not doing horrible things or believing horrible things. Um, so that's one part of it. But the part of it that I'm talking about is if traditions and texts don't change over time, if there's no evolution to things, then um, whatever you believe currently can be retrojected back on text, and uh, you're always right in that way. Whereas if you can see that there are things 
and I'm going to really kind of be assertive with it. If you can find things wrong in religion, if you can find things that don't agree with your sensibilities, and you can say that was a particular time and that was a particular place, and it was people doing the best they could with the information available, I think it's a much healthier religion at that point. It allows you to uh, change. And, uh, you know, as uh, Rocky said after he beat the Russian... Um, you know, if I can change and you can change, then we can all change. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone chanted everyone Rocky chanted. in Russian accent. But I'm actually really interested by what you last, what you just said about, what was the word you used? Retro? Retroject. Retroject. That's a big old word. I heard of it. Yeah. But it, 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 it's, it's coming to life for me a little bit in my, in my lawyerly brain, mm-hmm. um, with constitutional interpretation. Okay, sure. Um, and that's a really interesting point about if you believe it's never changed, then you can essentially look backwards in a way. That, that, that's very interesting. And I'm going to have to meditate on that one. Cool. For two to six years. <laughs> and we'll report back. Cool. I look forward to it on yep. episode 327 <laughs> right. of, the, of the podcast. So. Yep. Okay. So question one, answer. Yeah, yeah. Alex, I hope you uh, liked that answer. And uh, hey, appreciate you uh, uh, emailing us. Thank you. If we had if we had such things as free t-shirts, we'd send you one. But we don't have free t-shirts. So or pay t-shirts. Yeah, we don't have either of those. So if any of you fancy pants in California with your with your screen printing and your zazzles and your whatevers that you have, you want to make that happen. You can just make that happen and then give and then give Alex a shirt because he's a good guy. Speaking of California. Sarah Godlin, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing Godlin, Godlin, not sure, of Humboldt County, California. I really like the fact that she put where she was from. I believe it's Humboldt. Humboldt. All right. I don't. don't, don't. Uh, Hello, Rabbi. I am a California podcast listener and enjoy yours quite a bit. Yes. Yes. Finally. We understand. It's all it takes. It doesn't take much for us. And, And Sarah did us a favor because she answered the question. She answered our question before asking one. Why do people, why are there so many listeners in California? Californians, she says, are podcast people. And California is full of juice. So maybe that answers the why Californians query. Shoot, I have two podcasts myself. Cool. My question is, how come there isn't an Instagram account? Lots of folks, maybe just Californians, are leaving Facebook, but Instagram is growing really strong. I don't have a Facebook anymore, but I'd love to stay connected to the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, why don't we have a podcast? Or a podcast? Why don't we have an Instagram? You're asking the wrong dude. I don't even. I've never had Facebook. Never have. Never will. Social media is a. Um, I just t- happen to tread really lightly in that realm. Yeah. Is that because as a lawyer, you have like a, a version in some No, th- way I made to this the terms of when I was Okay. When I was just a pup in yeah. college when Facebook first came out. Yeah. So I, I, I don't... I don't you, you just were like, I'm not, I'm not jumping in on this? Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and, and likewise, I'm not, I'm not a photographer, mm-hmm. so I don't really have an Instagram yeah. interest. But I don't know. What... what what's your answer to that so okay so i have a form of multiple sclerosis and so my hands shake so i take really lousy pictures (laughs) that's why i don't have an instagram account um but actually i do it's just i don't i I had it and i think there's like 10 pictures on there and then i just just gave up yeah i also have an old cell phone and not like a flip phone but just like an old iphone and uh i can barely 
put like five songs on it and then I'm like oh my god people if we took a picture of that oh, my, and posted it on instagram yeah that would be super meta deep yeah wow um, that is yeah. you are a gentleman and a scholar yeah wow I'm looking at, uh, we're looking at his flip phone. Yeah. How, uh, how old is that guy right there? Uh, it's a couple years old. It's a couple years old. They still make them. They do still make them. Is it like a jitterbug? Like it has the really big, <laughs> for like old folks that like. No, but it does have the old fashioned, you know, so it's a text. I have to go like 777223333 to say hi, you know, and actually it doesn't, I can receive text, but I can't really send them. Can you check email on it? That's that good. Stuff. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah. No, you're wise. So, yeah, you're just you're just you're just talking to a couple of a couple of of, of uh, conscientious objectors to Instagram. I don't know. It's just yeah. not going to happen. But I don't think it'd be very interesting. I think you're better off following interesting Instagram people, right? And right. then I adding agree. us to your RSS feed or however you get your podcasts, right? And and we're thankful that you listen, and um, yeah, and, and we'll leave it. And that, follow right? follow Sarah uh, online. Uh, you can find her at Savage Henry Magazine, um, and then I believe uh, Smodlin is uh, uh, her uh, Insta. Uh, I'll try and oh no, excuse me. On Twitter, it's uh, Bloglin. Yes, Bloglin on Twitter. There you okay. go. Okay, sweet. So yeah, follow Sarah and uh, check out her two podcasts. Yeah. And thank you for listening, Sarah. Yeah, appreciate it. Cool. Okay. So now it's time for our new segment. I'm really looking forward to this. Second time we've done it. Well, it's still new. Oh, it's still new. I yeah. mean, one more one more time and it won't be new anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. The rule of three. Yeah, exactly. Please, go ahead. Bagel. I don't... It's so new that I'm not it's even quite sure. Review. Now, this I one, just call it Bagel. That's all the notes say is Bagel Review. But I know there's review. a fancier name well, for it. Well, normally me. it's Bagel Review of bagels that I haven't tried. Okay, bagel but review in, of bagels I that I haven't tried. tried. Okay. But you're in for a treat tonight. Oh, man. Whole Wheat Bagel, Greenbrier Cafe. I had one a while ago. It was okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> is that the place that I met you at that one time? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I thought so. A fine establishment. It is a fine establishment. With okay, bagels. Okay. Well, there you go. So just plain whole wheat. No, I had um, I had some toppings. I think it was kind of a Mediterranean theme, you know, like uh, some hummus and some onions and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I already reviewed it. Yeah. I can't review it again. Yeah. No. 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 I don't want you to go any more in depth than. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, so uh, Jews and sports. So in trying to come up with things to talk about, this was one from uh, a while ago when we were like first brainstorming things, and we're now getting to it. And I have been told uh, that you are very passionate about this issue. Well, you know, I'm a passionate man in general. So, <laughs> so we can, I think we can... We can you passionately play say, that ukulele. So. Yeah, so I think we can safe to say that it's within the Venn diagram of my passions. Okay. Yes, but I, I'd like to see, is that a real thing? Do you actually have a Venn diagram of like bagels, sports? <laughs> uh, it, it's an ever-evolving mural. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. 
Nice. On the ceiling of, I, be- I, the ceiling of my bedroom. The ceiling of your bedroom. Michelangelo style, I hang down and I change, you know, I change it. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, post a picture of that to the Instagram account you don't have Right, sometimes. right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Instagram in the sky. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, um, so I kind of wanted to talk about this because um, I officiated the first B'nai Mitzvah that I've ever done. It was a bar mitzvah uh, last December. And uh, shout out to uh, Joe here in Richmond, uh, Virginia, who had his uh, bar mitzvah. He's a man now, which is great. And uh, yeah, and he's a big sports guy. And so he had a baseball themed uh, bar mitzvah. And one of the things that I asked him to do um, in uh, the bar mitzvah, we so the way we did it is that he kind of wrote his own ceremony and I kind of t- showed him some things and he got to pick and choose what he wanted. But one of the things that I wanted him to do was to write about a Jewish adult past uh, or present who lived values that were meaningful to him that he would sort of emulate in the future, right? Like what is, who is a person that he could see as a role model for himself? And he chose Sandy Koufax. And uh, this is because Sandy Koufax sat out uh, on Yom Kippur. It was a World Series, and he yep. sat it out. And so his bar mitzvah speech was about Sandy Koufax, and it was great. He did a wonderful job, super smart guy. Um, and so that got me thinking about Jews and sports, but it got me thinking about something sort of more about how we value things culturally, Right. So different cultures place different values on certain occupations. And it seems like in American Jewish community, it's, you know, the stereotype is doctor, lawyer, very professional things, politics, um, things that we think of as very white collar, like traditional, traditionally white collar things. I don't hear a lot of Jews talking about, like, I can't wait for my kid to be the quarterback or, you know, oh, my kid is, you know, maybe with college, it's a little different. Like, oh, my kids can get baseball scholarship, something like that. But like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't see a lot of like Jewish teenagers really like seriously thinking that they're going to be baseball players or hockey players. So what's that about? Well, see, I, I, I disagree there, Patrick. And I think that that was, you know, your story of the of the of the bar mitzvah um you know i think i think in some ways makes the opposite point because here's a here's a 13 year old in 2017 choosing um for his who could pick any anyone living or dead mm-hmm. yeah. he admired choosing uh, a pitcher who retired i believe in 1966 yeah so so this is actually to me showing a, a serious a seriously strong fandom um, and I think um, I, I do think you you do find a lot of um, I think you do find a lot of certainly a lot of Jewish sports fans, and I think that the players who are Jewish across different sports are are um, quite are quite revered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe all the more so for their for their scarcity. Oh, um, that's a fair point. You know, although you you do see you do see uh, similar things with other with other groups. Like I know. Um, you know, uh, the major league. I'm I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, for example, and the Philadelphia Phillies are my favorite team, and they they are known, um, or at least in the last couple of years, had been known kind of as 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 a as Venezuela's team. They had five and six 
maybe more last year, uh, Venezuelans. Oh, really? Um, and there, there are a lot of Venezuelans in the big leagues. But, um, you know, in particular, they, the, the Phillies had the most, and they, were, they, they ended up having a lot of, a lot of Venezuelan fans uh, for, for no other reason that they had, a, had a, you know, a good chunk of Venezuelans on their team. That's, they were running off topic a little bit. But, um, but I, I do think that, um, you know, the, 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 the people still, baseball fans, you know, even, even kids today, still, you know, that they know about, that, the, that they do know about, um, you know, Sandy Koufax or, or Hank Greenberg or other, other famous um, Jewish baseball players. Well, and it was funny because when he told me Sandy Koufax was who he wanted, I asked, well, why is that? And he told that story. I actually was thinking of Hank Greenberg. And so when he said Sandy Koufax, I had a minute there where I was like, wait a minute, it happened more than once. Right. <laughs> And I'm sure, you know, and I'm sure it did. I yeah. mean, I'm sure it did. Um, but I, you know, and I, and it, and Koufax, you know, you have that, that example there. Of, it wasn't just that he was a Jewish Hall of Famer. He was also a, um, he also made that stand, you know. Right. His faith was, in, his faith was important to him. I don't know if there are as many today um, yeah. who would make those sacrifices. There was a, there was a, when I was in high school, there was a um, basketball player uh, named Tamir Goodman. Who was dubbed the Jewish Jordan? Um, oh who, who yeah, played for Talmudical yeah. Academy in Baltimore. Yeah, and uh, he was supposed to be um, this great star, and he he did he did um, put up some amazing numbers. But of course, he was going up against really tiny schools um, and really really bad competition. And and he did commit. He supposedly committed to the University of Maryland and Gary Williams. And as a sophomore, and eventually um, it, it didn't pan out. And I, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember what happened to to Mary Goodwin. He definitely didn't go to Maryland. I think he played professionally in Israel for a little while. He might have ended up going to Towson. Um, I actually, I saw him play. Actually, I saw him play in high school. Um, but um, but that's just another example of people get people do you know do tend to get really excited. That's fair. Um, so. Um, I don't know if that if that you know where we go where do we go yeah so the the green so just as like a historical note so <clears throat> Greenberg so it was the high holidays and Greenberg actually played Rosh Hashanah but he didn't you play mean, you mean Kofax um, no well Greenberg actually did he, oh you did yeah. the, you did this research yeah no literally yeah wow we yeah. did research for this show I well I already knew this the the Greenberg story I oh, don't know okay. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't even know about Kofax. Okay. Uh, so yeah, like when when Joe had told me like the Kofax the Kofax was who he picked, and he told that story, my immediate sense was like, oh wait, that was Greenberg, but I didn't know it had happened twice. Right. Right. So I don't know with Kofax what the the lead up was, but with Greenberg, he didn't even know if he could play because there were games on Rosh Hashanah too. Sure. So he actually uh, asked a rabbi, hmm. and so the rabbi found this passage in the Talmud somewhere that talked about how on Rosh Hashanah children would play games in the streets mm. and that was used as the justification that he could play Rosh Hashanah even though he didn't play he sat out Yom Kippur well you know it's it's, it's it, as all those sports cliches go hey you're playing your boy your grown men playing a kid's game yeah you there have you fun. go right they call it, they say play ball they don't say work ball <laughs> you know these are all these baseball cliches so I had heard about um, a high school basketball player this was 
God, probably like eight years ago, and I don't I don't know the woman's name. So she was a um, she was in the uh, girls' uh, basketball team, and it was a, a secular high school, um, but her family was Orthodox, and uh, there was the question of whether or not she could play uh, play ball on Shabbat, mm-hmm. and she actually did. And the argument, the same argument, the Greenberg uh, Rosh Hashanah argument was the same one that they used that like. There are particulars that of things she probably couldn't do, like she probably had to like walk to the high school instead of drive or things like that. Yeah. But yeah, but it was the same argument. It was like it's a game. Like yeah. as long as you don't, mm-hmm. uh, in from an orthodox standpoint, in her case, like as long as you don't break any of the particular rules of Shabbat, then what's the problem? Yeah. You know, it's the same as playing any other game. There's also some fascinating cases with, um, with you know, yarmulkes and and other well. Not just Jew, not just Jewish, but you know, religious garb um, yeah. and and team uniforms, and whether you know whether those can be allowed, even though they're breaking the uniform code. And I don't frankly remember the outcomes of these cases, but um, I have looked them up. Oh yeah, times. so I mean, yeah, because I would see that with a hijab or with right. a turban, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes would... up in the military as well. Yeah, sure, but... sure. It comes up in the uh, police force as mm-hmm. well with mm-hmm. uh, men in beards. And I like, feel bad because I should have should have brought that up without <laughs> remembering that. how they go, how the cases go. Yeah. Well, we should look that up sometime. Yeah. I'd be curious to know like mm-hmm. how some of that happened. But yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. So why don't we idolize sports? Yeah, we do, and uh, that's fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. the The number of <laughs> the number of Orthodox kids who like adopted uh, Jeter like for a time there. There was a lot of Jeter jerseys. Uh, in my old neighborhood, there for a hot minute. So, yeah, that's fair enough. I have a, I have a, um, I guess she's my, she would be my, she's my dad's co- cousin. So she's my first cousin once removed, I believe. Sure. Um, she's deceased now, but mm. she, she was born in Brooklyn and she was the actual president of the Jackie Robinson fan club. <laughs> that's awesome. And she got to meet him and everything. And she was an elementary yeah. school kid. Huh. Um, so that's just a cool little little piece of trivia for you. That's that seals the deal. Um, yeah, I'm seals, seals some kind of a deal. I will right. never, I will never make the argument ever again. Yeah. That uh, yeah. Well, I, I I do think though though there is a stereotype that they can't be as good at sports. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. some of that, and there and so there's some of that of well maybe I just and and I hope that that doesn't lead to for younger kids. Oh, maybe I just won't try. You know, that right, be, that yeah, be. absolutely. Because I mean, that's one of the great things about sports, and of course, there are always some some uh, limits to this. But sports is, is 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 pretty much a meritocracy. You know, if you're good, you're good. Yeah. If you're not, you're not. Right. And I think that's one of the great, really one of the great things about it. So, um, but I wouldn't want people to not try uh, because right. Good. So yeah. that, that's why I think that's one reason why some of the. Some of the you know Jewish sports heroes are are are, are revered. Yeah. So. Yeah, because those were people who weren't willing to sort of succumb to a stereotype. Right, and I yeah. don't think that I I never saw that growing up, but I do think that 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 would be something to to, to keep an eye out for yeah. in terms of the cultural pressures that you're mentioning. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely legit. And and matter of fact. Yeah, I should have done my research too because I can't remember this woman's name, but um, she actually is a power lifter hmm. and she was doing it as a teenager. And I mean, mm-hmm. she was brutal. And, and in their case, even though there's the, you know, 
uh, Sandy Koufax, uh, Greenberg, uh, you know, holiday uh, argument that we're going to we're going to make that officially the ruling as far as I'm concerned, because two instances of the same sure. issue. Sure. We should have decided now that forever that is the that is the rule. But uh, um, she actually won't compete on Shabbat. And I don't know what the circumstances of yeah. why she can't or maybe huh. it's just not practical or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, she she is brutal. She yeah. would destroy us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, in an alley. Sure. Like, and it we wouldn't would... take much, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> we don't even know how to fix our own cars. <laughs> yeah, but like she, like, yeah, it was amazing. I don't remember how much she was lifting, but it was scary. It was yeah. like two or three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... I have a, but I did have a, I did have a little bit of a personal connection with this. Um, this was after my freshman year of college. Very unremarkable season at Kenyon College as a relief pitcher and a very unremarkable team. And at the end of the year, I get an email from a guy saying, hey, I work, I work on the Jewish Sports Encyclopedia. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking a, we're taking a kind of a, we're updating our, our roles essentially uh, uh, of who our who our current you know her current college baseball players are I suppose and and you know are, are you Jewish and do you want to be a part of this now of course it's a it's a it's a tricky thing for me my Jewish identity it's a little bit of a that's a, that's a little bit of a longer question and his and I and I I think I I think I might have expressed a little bit of like well you know how much of this story do you want to hear? And he has said, basically, like, if you consider it, if you want to claim it, claim it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'd be proud to in this context, certainly. Yeah. And um, and uh, so somewhere, I think it was called the Jewish Sports Encyclopedia, you know, I was in there. But, but the fact of the matter is this guy was searching, and this was in 2002. So this guy was essentially searching. There's no easy way to do this. Uh, he was going roster by roster. To find Jewish last names, in and there's a lot of colleges out there. Yeah, there are a yeah. lot of baseball teams, a lot of names. Um, that shows some some sort of passion. Yeah, you know. Um, so, and it's not like I, I can't stress this enough. It was I had no accomplishments. <laughs> you know, it was not like here I was setting right, a, right. a mid level Division three conference on fire. Not right, not at all. Right. So. Um, it, 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 it there there are people out there with with that passion yeah for sure i i said this to you earlier that i if you ever start to feel in life like you know life is just kind of pointless you're having a bad day you think you know what is this worth like you know things are humdrum you know there's there's no sort of miracles to the world just understand that all of the protons over billions and billions of years came together at just the right time and just the right place that you could be born into a world where something called the Jewish sports encyclopedia exists. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Life is truly filled with wonders. It's the perspective. <laughs> That's what you come for on the Rabbi Patrick podcast. Yeah. You it's know? True. <laughs> we think. Yeah. We think. And I and I had a I had a question too. Uh, which was, is there anything in the Old Testament about about sports or athletics, physical physical prowess? Yeah, so in the Hebrew Bible, there's um, a quote, and I only know this because a non-Jewish female, I, for some reason, I'm into females in sports. I'm the one bringing it up. 
um, MMA fighter actually on her uh, Facebook page had a quote, and it was, um, so there's nothing that's about athletics, although I do have a side note about Jews and, and athletics uh, to add to this, but um, there, there is a lot of war-oriented mm-hmm. things, right? You have to remember the culture and the time. Um, yeah, and it's, I don't remember the exact line, but it's um, uh, thanking God for giving me fists for fighting. Right. Uh, and so MMA fighter, Sure. Yeah, you know that works well. And well and, and and it's um, there's certainly a a strain of sports history that's heavily militaristic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was you know the, for example, if you if you especially in the, in this history of the United States sports, I mean that's kind of how um, Teddy Roosevelt thought about it. Mm-hmm. And we're getting weak, need to get stronger. Uh, essentially, you know, oh, as, as yeah. war preparation, as a substitute. <laughs> that's the, interesting. The ancient Greeks. Yeah. Most of the events were, were a lot of them were based off of combat and military prowess, throwing the javelin, wrestling, sprinting. Sure. So there's always been a close connection between war and sports in that sense. At least that's a that's at least a certain part of sports history. Yeah. Well, and the Greek connection is interesting for Jews because when Hellenism sort of went into what we now call Israel, um, Jews loved it. Jews loved Hellenism. Um, and it's funny today because I would argue that um, the ideas of the Greeks, so things like philosophy, um, art, aesthetics, science, even though it's sort of like proto-science, you know, during that time, um, the idea of a world culture, of a world language, these are things that I think are, are true for a lot of you know, sort of reform and secular Jews today in America that like you're you're belong to a culture, but you're part of a world culture, um, and so we are kind of more Greek now than maybe we were in Greek time when we were fighting against actually going back to the Asmoneans, like going back to like the time when we were fighting actively Greek Hellenistic culture. That's what Hanukkah is about. It's about that issue of how far do you go and what's the difference between assimilating and acculturating. Um, And that's why I think Israel being in the Olympics is hilarious. I always, you know, like, do you have, I mean, do you have any feelings on the Olympics? Um, Do you get jazzed? Are you like one of those people who gets jazzed? What What I like about it is you get to see some of these obscure sports that you don't, I love obscure sports. In fact, I'm thinking about taking a page out of the classic movie Basketball and <laughs> starting my own OSQ, OSQ Obscure Sports Quarterly. Um, <laughs> nice. I love obscure sports. And so that that's what I like about the Olympics. I like that, hey, you get to see team handball. You get to see curling. Right, You get to right. see the modern biathlon. You get to see these things. Um, but I don't get that jazzed about like, oh, awesome. Um, we get to watch some Olympic hockey. Right. You know? Okay. Because we already have hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And so so and and so in general, I don't. And it's not like I mark off those two weeks of my calendar. Right. And, right. And, and call in sick. Right. You know, <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but but for the for the focus on the on the OS on the OS excuse me, sports. <laughs> Those I do, I, I do like. Okay, but but but, but anyway. well, well. So I, you know, my connection to the Olympics is that uh, as a kid, the Olympics were held in Atlanta. Sure. And I was there at that time, and I was there when they built the uh, the stadiums and oh, all waste. the. Oh way my! Waste. <laughs> it's the yeah. It's the 
Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, I don't know what it's uh, what other cities have felt like after horrible. Yeah, Most I mean, I know financially, like building. Uh, this is a whole other subject you and I can get on, but like how building stadiums and doing all these other things is like economically the dumbest thing yep. you could possibly do. Yep. And shout out to in Atlanta the Braves who yep. built a new stadium in the suburbs uh, without using their own money. Right. Funny, funny how that works. Yeah. That's about as political as I'm ever going to get on the podcast. But I'm yeah, holding you to that. I'm holding yeah, you to that. Yeah, please do, please do. Yeah, no, the the whole like stadium thing kills me yep. because we know. And funny enough, actually, the the there's an expert. He's an economist who's a sports economist. Sure. Like, and he's like an expert actually on this subject of does building new stadiums or, or things like that is that economic development it is very much not no. it is a total loss particularly when you're talking about taxpayer dollars if you were to take that however many hundreds of millions of dollars it is and and put it in another you know to stimulate the economy in another way yeah you imagine it, yeah i mean who knows and you know but anyway uh, yeah, but but nonetheless, like when the Olympics came to Atlanta, like everyone freaked out. And of course, you know, they, going back to the Greeks, Greece was mad as hell because they were expecting that they would get it. And, you know, instead the Coca-Cola land ended up getting it. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, so that's that's my Olympics connection. But I will say the the one thing I do enjoy watching is the... Um, uh, when they they have all of the different countries come out, mm. mostly because like countries are added and subtracted depending on what the political sure. and, th and then there was what was it last year where they had basically the athletes who didn't have a country, and there was like right. three people that yeah. literally like their countries national identities were in limbo. Yeah, yeah, and it was like three yeah three people are just like hey like we don't have a did they even have a flag? Yeah, it was like a question I, I, mark. I don't remember. <laughs> That. I don't yeah. remember the details. Yeah. But see, that's exactly the stuff that I hate, the pageantry. Really? No, no, no. Just give me, just give you the, the ping pong. Just give right? you the... Just give me the badminton. That, that's, what I'm, uh, that's what I'm there for. Give you the basketball. Right. The, pa the pageantry. But I know a lot of people love that. That's I, I don't I, Without it, it, the Olympics would be nothing. There's like five countries where I'm like, okay, Team USA. That's nice. I live there. Uh, you know, uh, Italy for my wife and... Uh, and uh, I like uh, Israel. I like seeing uh, Israel come out because tying it back to the Greeks, you know, we uh, we supposedly didn't like uh, sports back in the day because people were, and this is more of a Roman thing, but like uh, uh, people would do sports naked, and uh, you know, some of it was super brutal, right? Fighting fighting mm -hmm. animals and stuff like that mm -hmm. in the Colosseums, but like, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's funny that you know. Fast forward and and Israel, a modern secular country, is in you know a world cultural sports event. Yeah, the 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 irony of that never gets lost on me. Never. I and that's the three minutes of, of of the Olympics that I watch. It's just it's just you know America, Israel, and Italy, and I'm like, okay, cool, got it. Well, the next time the Summer Olympics roll around, we'll uh, I'm gonna try to turn you on to a couple of obscure sports. Okay, I think I think between now and then. I don't even know. When is the next Olympics? When uh, was the last one? It wasn't the last one Sochi? No, no. It was, um, wasn't it in, wasn't it Brazil? Was that the World Cup? That was the World Cup. That was the World this Cup, is, yeah. This is embarrassing. Yeah. No, I yeah, think the sports Sochi. episode where oh we can't name God. a single sports But I mean, that, but yeah. that, <laughs> but there's we a We might as well do a car episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Jews and cars. Right. 
but, there, but there's a lesson there too, right? Is that there, there's a certain type of sports fan that can remember every statistic and every win and every loss and can take you back the last 50 Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a real passionate sports fan in certain ways, but I don't care about any of that. I couldn't tell you anything about who won, who lost. It's just... There's a lot there. There's a lot there for everyone. Let's put a positive spin on that. You're you're more for you're the so- art and not the science almost. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> again, now we're getting back to Venn diagrams. Right. Now we're getting back the to Venn, Venn diagram diagrams. Apparently, is on the ceiling of your bedroom. I gotta go do an places. edit. I've gotta go do an edit. <laughs> so, I think on that note, there you go. I think we'll uh, we'll leave it right there, and uh, maybe next time bring back another guest. Absolutely. Or maybe not. We've we've talked about at least one guest, and if she's listening, then she better get in touch with us so we can go on ahead and get her on. And then, yeah. And if you have anything that you want us to talk about, hey, listen, if Sarah and Alex can do it, so can you. Podcast at RabbiPatrick.com. That's podcast at RabbiPatrick.com. If you're in Richmond, Virginia, you can come hang out with us. And uh, if you're not, then you're probably in California. So thanks a lot. Pops lasagna, don't get any on you.